You are listening to Oaks People Podcast, a weekly podcast by Oaks Church, Brooklyn. Through a series of informal, story-based conversations, we share some of the challenges, the joys, and the ordinary moments of a community following Jesus in the heart of the city. Enjoy, and thank you for tuning in. Hey friends, this is your pastor of Discipleship and Mission, Patrick Boatwright, uh, coming to you with our latest Oaks People podcast. But before we dive into this episode, I want to give you an update on a couple of changes that are going to be happening on this feed. Namely, we're going to be moving away from our weekly podcast rhythm into more of a thematic rhythm. And what that means is uh, you're going to start to hear more stories based around whatever our teaching series are. We're going to be trying to find uh, the best people, whether it's stories from within our community or outside of our community, that really illustrate what we believe God is communicating to us in the moment and in that season. So as we're about to start this series on uh, Resilient Hearts, you're going to be hearing over the next month and a half a few different stories of resilience resiliency that we think are particularly resonant uh, for where we are as a church in this time. But also there's a new rhythm coming that I don't want you to miss and I really want you to mark in your calendars. The last week of every month, what's going to happen is on this feed you'll find our Oaks monthly download. Uh, There probably won't be a fancy name for it, but Here's the substance of it, and that's what really matters. Uh, You're going to have three movements there. The first movement is going to be this. This podcast at the end of the month is going to be firstly me and Meg Jacobs, our executive director, talking about the upcoming events and things you need to be aware of in the life of our church. This is going to be a great place if you're not on social or if you're not on the website uh, to just kind of not miss out on the happenings and ongoings uh, that apply to all of us in the life of our pilgrimage community. Uh, the second movement is going to be me and a member of our prayer team, whether it's Rachel Larson or uh, Ashley Rose or Alex Zubak. And those people are going to be coming in and we're going to just have a space where we talk about some of the prayers that we are want to surround ourselves with as a community. And this is going to be a really important rhythm because as we want to fully grasp and further move into this call to be people centered and sourced by prayer, uh, it's very imperative that we just have a place where we kind of talk about, hey, what are the what are kind of the communal prayers that's happening? What are the stories of answered prayer? What are the stories of, of prayer that have turned into praise? Uh, and so that's going to be a place and a space for that on that podcast. And lastly, it's going to be a podcast about misfit stories. And here's what I mean by that. At the end of the month, every time we'll have a segment where we just share stories that happen in and throughout our community that have no other place or home. These are the kind of the things like... Uh, Justin Rossbaker going through the hospital and, and 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 the story of him coming out of that time, or whether it's you know uh, something new and celebratory or something that was painful and God brought us through. This is going to be a place for all of those stories that we just want and feel uh, really will carry us forward as a community. And we want to just make a space and a place for them. So that'll be there. Subscribe if you haven't already, uh, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast. And I'm really excited for today's uh, first installment of our Resilient Heart series with a dear friend of mine, Leah Samaha. So without any further ado, let's dive in. Hey, friends. Welcome to Oaks People Podcast. 
All right, my friends, we are kicking off another round of Oaks People podcast, and I'm very excited about today's guest, uh, a dear sister of mine, Leah Samaha. Um, and Leah, I guess my first question, how, how long have we been family now? Mm, that's such a good question, Patrick. Um, so like five years? Five years? Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, so a little background, we uh, kind of actually jumped into familyhood. You and my wife, Catherine, were a part of a longtime life group of women only that decided to diversify and admit men. Um, so uh, lucky for me, uh, we got to expand into uh, what we call community groups here at Oaks, but at Park Soap where we were attending our life groups. And so that set off a weekly um time together where we just like ate and did life together um and I really miss it (laughs) but I'm very glad um that even though that time has passed we're still we still get to be family Mm, me too me too I deeply miss it and so grateful for that family that I've gained through that time together yeah now one of those things uh that is the reason why I've had you on here today. We are starting a series called Resilient Hearts. And so for this round of podcasts, I have been just sourcing stories of resiliency. And you immediately were the first one to come to mind because you have a story about, I think, a premier example of resiliency because shortly after, uh, you know, uh, I got to know you five years ago, you woke up one morning and had a life-altering change. And I was wondering if you would just give us kind of some some broad strokes of what happened from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this hap- um, started probably about four years ago, um, four and a half now. I woke up, I'm, I'm a school teacher, so I woke up, you know, an August morning right before the start of the school year in Brooklyn and was on my way to work and kind of got a zigzag a flash of light through my eyes and then this excruciating headache. Um, And at that time, I'd never had a headache before. I'd never had a migraine before. And so I was in my classroom and and asking some friends, like, you're having a migraine. Take some Advil. It'll go away. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. Um, And sort of the long story short is it didn't go away. Um, From that day in August, I had a headache or migraine every day for um, four and a half years, um, despite numerous treatments, numerous doctor's appointments. Um, there was an incredible amount of physical pain um, that seemingly yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah, and that, I mean, like, as a person, I mean, I've had a headache before, but never a migraine. I remember, like, the beginning of that time, and... Um, it's almost kind of hard because you're like, okay, I get it. You got like a kind of a bad headache. That's fine. But then when you kind of like realize, like, oh, no, this is something like altogether different. This isn't just like something you can just ignore and go on about your day, right? No, it it um, it was excruciatingly painful and, um, and it changed my life at the time. I ended up having to go um, to... St- go from working full-time to part-time to being on medical leave, um, was kind of in and out of hospitals, um, receiving care. It, um, was 
the type of physical pain that um, was very um, emergent feeling, like it needed to be attended to and um, wasn't something that I could really kind of um, continue on in my daily life (laughs) with the way that I had before. So really things drastically shifted. Um, Life is kind of as I had known it shifted. Yeah, major disruption. And and I kind of want to touch before we go forward to kind of go backwards to like to the day before kind of where you were in your life, because uh, you are still um, a very like ambitious and successful person. But at that point of your life before this, even more so, you, the world was kind of your oyster. Like, I, I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about, like, kind of your attitude towards life and, like, who you were before that August morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before that morning, I was in my sixth year teaching. Um, I had just come off a really successful year teaching um, at a brand new school and was offered um, leadership positions at my school. So I was working as a grade team lead, coaching and training other teachers. I also um, was offered a position working at a graduate school for education. And so I was teaching new in-service teachers as well. Um, and so was really sort of, and from my perspective, kind of like at the, like sort of on the precipice of where I wanted to be in my professional career, had visions of wanting to be a school leader at some point. And, um, really felt like I was kind of on that path. Um, and then also personally, I had just met who's um, Riley, who's now my husband. Um, and so we had been Love dating. Him. Love him. Yes, very much so. We had been dating probably about, I think six months at that time. So it was like this new, really like vibrant, amazing relationship. Um, I had this new life group and community group at um, through TGC, um, where there was just like a really like starting to be these like beginning stages of a really strong community. So I was in a really kind of beautiful space in my life. Um, though also like, you know, in reflection now, I'd say like, also I had a, like a, a very strong drive on, you know, uh, an idol in my life around ambition and career, um, which I think came to be seen through some of my story, um, in the next couple of years. Yeah. So let's kind of get into that. Yeah. So, you know, this is the, this is kind of like the the beginning of the movie. Like, <laughs> man, this girl's got it going on. You know, she's walking through the city. Uh, and then, you know, out of left field, here comes the, the bus. Here comes, you know, life change. And next thing you know, super successful, ambitious, driven Leah is now like, has to be driven, you know, like to the hospital uh, and needed a lot of, of help. And uh, I wonder if you just talk a little bit about the start of that journey when it kind of became evident, oh, this isn't like a, this is a thing. This is a situation on our hands. Um, what was your response to that? What was kind of going through your mind? Well, I think I kind of tapped into some of that same drive that I had put into my ambition in my career. It was like, oh, like here's this thing. I'm going to problem solve it. And so um, there was, you know, long nights researching, you know, different types of doctors, different type of treatment methods. My kind of insistence that I would see the best headache doctor that I could find in New York City. Um, so there's this interesting tension of kind of this old, this way of being that I had used for so long to... Um, find my worth in the world using kind of like my drive and my ambition and shifting over to my health. And at the same time, this um, 
really humbling experience, which was I was in excruciating pain and I needed help from other people. Um, I remember um, one of my la- one of my early appointments, probably you know two months in, and to the headaches um, being there. And I had tried numerous medications, nothing worked. None of the doctors could actually really kind of figure out what was going on. And talking to my dad, I was walking through Central Park after an appointment. He's like, Leah, it's okay to step away from work. It's okay Mm -hmm. to tell them that you can't be there right now. And that was such um, a hard decision for me because my identity had really been wrapped up in my career. And, um, but it was a choice I needed to make and was a really humbling one. Yeah. Well, that's a that's an interesting point that I think is really salient for us uh, because, like I said, we're doing this series, Resilient Hearts, and this week in particular, uh, we're talking about one aspect of the type of hearts that we need to be people that function in a city like New York, uh, people that are in but are trying not to be of a culture that preaches, you know, you are what you produce, you are, uh, you know, what you make, you are what you look like. And we're trying to trying to live an examined life, right? And part of that, um, that f- kind of first part of a resilient heart is a settled heart. And that's what we're talking about is that we have to have a foundation on Jesus, because what you will find is like, money, looks, ambition, drive and talent can take you pretty far and can actually open a lot of doors and cover (laughs) up a lot of faults. Uh, But it turns out when they kind of run up against chronic pain, doesn't really matter how much money you make or how ambitious you are. Um, and so uh, that kind of leads us to some examination. So I I know this a little bit of story, but I wanted to hear uh, that aspect of you as you kind of make this pivot from, oh man, these old wells are dry. Uh, I've got to find something else to sustain me and give me resiliency. Um, what that was. I think this is um, the hardest thing I've been learning through this period. And also the most, um, it's like that diamond in the rough, the thing I'm so, I'm so glad that I'm learning through it. And that's that, you know, our worth, my worth is not defined by my accomplishments. Um, it's defined by my belovedness. And that's just an inheritance that I accept from God. It's something I could never earn. And in a society like ours, in a city like New York City, um, accepting something freely is harsh. Yeah. <laughs> it is harder than even working to to, to earn something. Um, yeah. and, and that was something that I slowly started to learn whether it was from like the hands and feet of my brothers and sisters accepting their love and care um and then just the hard kind of soul level work of just accepting that god loved me and i had worth in the world no matter what i did or accomplished um which it's is a countercultural message it's not one that we are taught or um, conditioned to in our society yeah i wonder if you could give us like one or two just kind of some practical examples put some skin on and how like Jesus met you um through uh in this time and and brought out that resiliency in you Mm. so um one of my favorite books of the bible is Esther and in that book um God's never mentioned and but we see his hands and feet through all the people and situations and events and um 
and I feel like when I think of my story, there's so many moments like that. Um, one of them that I think about is this life group, this community group that I was a part of. Um, really, like you know, I was in a community group prior um, with Catherine, Patrick's wife, um, and it was a, a beautiful community group. But there was you know a lot of like moving and transition and. Right at the outset of um, when my chronic pain started, you know, we started this new community group that was like family I'd never experienced before, just like people who showed up week after week. And what that showed me and allowed me to do is then ask for help. And so I, I have this memory of a weekend my husband was away and I had just gone back from the hospital from a treatment for my headaches and I was just in excruciating pain and didn't want to be alone and kind of messaging the community group and Catherine being like, Hey, no worries. I'll come. You don't need to do anything. You can lay in bed. She brought her laptop. She worked at my kitchen counter all day. Um, don't even remember if we really talked much cause I was in such, um, discomfort. Um, but just her presence yeah. was there. Um, and even now thinking of it, um, just brings tears to my eyes. Like, cause that's, that's the hands and feet of God. Yeah. And ice cream. And, oh, yeah, I can't forget the ice cream. Um, I mean, they supplied me with all of the best family one ice cream. Yeah. That's how Jesus <laughs> really speaks, you know. <laughs> ice cream really does speak. <laughs> That's so great. Um, okay, so four years. Uh, no end in sight. Yeah. And I remember um, even just, you know, Years. I remember this point uh, from an outsider perspective. The change that I saw was that past. Um, I don't know, it, it really speaks to to Romans five, where Paul says that when we suffer trials, uh, it produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Um, and I saw that like lived out in you because there was like this series of just like, am I going to make it through this? And I remember those days where you're like trying this new thing and you have the newest gadget and you're like, hopefully this would work. And then it became a point of like, none of this is working. And then they were starting to be this like change, fundamental change as Jesus started to like show you like, hey, I'm here and this may not go away but I'm not going to go away either. And then I saw this strength rise in you uh, and like a hope that was like, even if this is my condition, um, it will not be um, like my identity. Like I'm not going to be defined by these migraines. And uh, I just wonder um, if you'd speak a little bit to like coming to that place uh, where resiliency becomes a um, a new a, almost a, a, a new characteristic of this new identity, you know? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He um, he kind of uncovered in me a lot of strength that I didn't know that was there when I started to see myself the way that he saw me, and not the based on the perspective from the world and. Um, and it makes me think of kind of the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, like blessed are the meek. Um, and at that time, you know, I felt pretty meek, you know, felt humbled, you know, I was working part time. Um, I started working with students, um, with special needs and special education and sort of this identity I had had as this like rock star, superstar teacher that, you know, 
gets all the best test results and, you know, leads all these trainings, et cetera, was me alone in a classroom with one other student. And it, um, you know, and <laughs> the, you know, progress we both saw was small, you know, the progress that we both small, like involved a lot of patience and waiting. Um, and in that there was this newfound, um, perspective where I started to see that, you know, my identity and result, like, that that identity wasn't built on my accomplishments and that resiliency really started to be grounded in just the inherent aspects of who I am. And, you know, just that I am the Imago Dei, I've got in me, you know, I am, you know, God's handiwork. Um, and there's such strength in knowing that character um, that he's blessed me with. And um, yeah, that's, um, and that's like, that's unshakable, right? That's like undeniable. Um, and doesn't, you know, it's like a, you know, a tree, it has the firm foundation its roots are firmly planted in the ground, um, and can move with the times. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, now the story, uh, this story though, in particular, doesn't, um, uh, stay in like uh, perpetuity. Like there's actually like, we got some finality. We got some good news on the end of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> hear a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was this slow and steady progress and, um, and you know, like my, my migraines, which were definitely migraines, um, and excruciating became just kind of daily dull headaches. Um, and then, slowly last spring, they just kind of, they would start to dissipate a little bit. I'd have an hour in the day where I didn't have a headache. Um, and that felt miraculous, but you know, then they would come back. And so I was like, eh, I'm used to you, you know, old friend, here you are. And then slowly it'd be a few hours. Um, and then I'd have a day a week. Um, and, and then they slowly dissipated. And so I, I don't have headaches every day anymore. Um, do I get them? Yes. Do they come like, do the migraines like sometimes come? Yes, but they aren't something I wake up with or not something that I experience all day, every day. And, um, and it's a true miracle, like a miracle of healing that no doctors thought would happen. Um, that it's not explained by anything in medicine. Um, I'm not on any medications now. It's not from, um, you know, them being treated in a specific way. And so he's, he's healed me. Um, Mm, come on from a physical level, he's healed me. Right. Which is incredible. And then on a soul level, like, you know, there's been healing that has happened through this process and it is, um, and I have to be honest with you, Patrick, even saying it, um, I almost feel like I'm kind of like tempting the devil. And I think that's what he does, right. He doesn't want you to celebrate. He doesn't want you to like celebrate and praise. Um, cause I hear this kind of, what if I'm like, what if they come back Leah and you aren't, you know, you told all these people you were healed and then like, you know, six (laughs) months later, you're still experiencing it. And that's really been something I've kind of been wrestling with is like, what does it mean to declare victory over something uh, and own it and like claim it as, um, not my story, but God's story of ultimate victory. Yeah. Yeah, that is a great question. But I, I and I would I would offer to that that the proof is in what you mentioned earlier is that you have been healed from the power that these migraines had over you. Yeah. Like that's the surety. Like like it's like I may still encounter pain. It's not like you'll never have a headache or a migraine in your life ever again. But what they can't do is rob you of the foundation and as you said that that strength 
that has been birthed in you through this process. Like that's yours mm. <laughs> and it can't be stolen, right? Mm -hmm. So we can celebrate <laughs> the goodness of God and the victory of God in the woman of God, the person that you've become in and through this. Mm. That's such a good reframe. Yes, we absolutely can. <laughs> And we will, because I'm will. very excited. I remember when <laughs> first. I remember you. We were talking on the phone, and you just said it so nonchalantly, like, "Oh yeah, I haven't had any in like months." So I'm really. It wasn't even like this day you woke up. It was kind of this like gradual. Yeah, that's not really a part of my life anymore. And I was like, "Wait, what? Like, how did you not like send a, a email, a banner, like a, a telegram, like something? Like, yeah. we prayed so long, uh, and it just kind of was like, here mm -hmm. you go." Which makes me think it's like I, I, I think this is like what, like, and the thing of the many lessons God has taught me in this. This is like why community matters. Hmm. Uh, there's like, many reasons why, yeah. but like they're a mirror for us and like they help us reflect back even these big moments that you know I at that time I was like well like now I'm on to other things that seem you know um yeah. meaty for me and to have the community kind of open up and reflect back and you're like no this is big this is like worthy of celebration and that's what we do as God's people with one another is we like not only pray with one another but we praise with one another Come you on. know yeah. and celebrate yeah. and just I remember that conversation with you and the excitement in your voice. And I was like, oh, yes, like I should like I should be excited. Um, and I sometimes think that that's even somewhat countercultural. Like, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up in a family that got really excited or praised a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and so that's the beauty of God's family is we do. We celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I love it. Well, then here's the last question. This resilient heart that you found, that the Lord's given to you. Um, obviously, that storm has passed, but others come in its place. And so the question is, what what do you take with you? What have, what from this process, um, how is that now reflective in new challenges uh, and the new things that you face? Mm. So I think I have three Three things I'm trying to remember. The first is um, God's on the move. So usually we don't see it and we don't notice it until long after it has happened. Um, and yet we're like called to praise him over and over and over again. And um, I think of praise as an act of opening our eyes and to, to see God's goodness around us and trust that he's on the move um, while, like, while we're praising him. We're, we're trusting that he is, he is doing the work that he said. Yeah. Um, the second is like, we aren't called to define our lives by suffering. Um, I, I think the, the disordered kingdom can simplify our stories and, um, make our narrative arc seem simple and singular. Like you, you could tell my story is like a story of a woman with chronic pain. That'd be my only story. And yet I think like Jesus life's always about the middle way. Um, you know, like he says, you will face challenges of many kind, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Come um, on. Even his life was acquainted by grief, but he wasn't defined by it, right? He was yeah. a man of great joy. Um, and I think, and the last thing is like, I, I'm constantly reminded to like, remember the blessings. Um, I've been reading through the Bible this year and I was um, reading through Exodus and I just like, just laughed with the Israelites because they just forget the blessings every single time. Oh, and fish. I was like, I am so like you, you know, it's like miracles were happening, literally, you know, taking them out of slavery, parting the Red Sea, giving them manna. 
and they forget (laughs) every single time. And God doesn't, doesn't forget us though. Like he still provided the blessings. And so, um, that's why these conversations matter and these conversations and sharing our stories, um, why writing about it matters. Cause, um, the blessings are here and I need to like constantly remember them and really just soak in them. Mm. I got nothing else to add to that. Cause you just shut it down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got to go back and listen to this, uh, and put it in my own heart and carry mm. it forward. So, uh, my sister, I am so very thankful. Um, not just for your testimony, but for you uh, and and the inspiration and the encouragement that you serve for me um, to just keep following after Jesus um, and the resiliency that he gives us to face any trial um, and find him on the other side. So thanks for making space and time for us. Yeah, thank you so much, Patrick. Um, I love you so dearly. I'm so grateful for this space to be able to share my story. Same. Okay, we'll talk soon. Bye. See ya. Bye.